Father, in the name of Jesus, as we open up our Bibles now, Lord God, to read a section of Scripture, we pray that you would bless this message, anoint it, Lord God. And again, I want to pray for our offering, whether we're going to receive it personally here today at church through our ushers, or whether we're going to mail it in or email it in, Lord God. Uh, however way it comes, Lord, we pray that you would bless it and anoint it and bless those that have been loyal and faithful to the church. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Very good. Okay, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. The Bible says this, The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Okay. These are the words of our Lord. And being that today is Valentine's Day, very rarely does Valentine's Day fall on a Sunday. And today is a day where we celebrate the gift of love and companionship hopefully those of you that have your sweetheart next to you are uh, enjoying this day the it, it's a, the fulfillment of a dream and a desire to meet that perfect someone to fall in love to get married and to stay married and to stay in love for the rest of your life hopefully that is a your desire and that's a healthy desire and even god said it's not good for man to be alone so it's a good thing to want this and to end up married for the rest of your life and uh, to stay in love for the rest of your life i want to show this video of couples that have been married over 50 years or more let's watch this video as we celebrate uh their lives together okay special we're calling a little romance hoping to get you in the mood for love and Hoda's here what you got this morning I tell you I'm so excited about this little project I spent the last few weeks working with long-term couples all married more than 50 years and I joined forces with this singer-songwriter whom I love Ingrid Michaelson so here's the idea it was to create a music video that'll be my Valentine to everybody out there but we're gonna premiere our original video tomorrow first though, I want you to meet some of the stars I'm standing with couples who collectively represent more than 350 years of successful marriage. No better experts for a few lessons on love. She was crossing the street, and the guy I was with, I poked him, I said, I'm going to marry her. And this kid, he looked at me, he said, what are you, nuts? You know, I was only 15. From that day on, it seemed like no matter where I went, there he was. He was a pain in the neck, to be honest with you. She wore high heels and, and a very tight dress. You know, my eyes like a funny picture, you know, cut out of my head. <laughs> my grandmother sends me to buy a cantaloupe. And I go back and my grandmother said, what did he charge you? And I told her and she says, are you crazy? Bring it back. The worst mistake so... a grandmother ever made. <laughs> Sending her back into the lion's den. <laughs> I then I said to her, uh, I'll return your money if you have lunch for me. I'll tell them what happened. Yeah, I said, come on, I'll take you for a ride, you know? And she said, oh, no, I'll take you in my car. Yeah, now tell them what the car she was. Had, she had a, an old Plymouth 
with the stick oh, on the shit. steering wheel and the clutch. <laughs> and I says, well, you know, I'm not letting this one go, you know. So I said, take the ride, you know. She had a cocktail in her hand, and her hair was a beautiful burgundy deep red. And she had cheetah glasses on. The wolf in me said, wow. <laughs> Did you feel something special right away? No. No. <laughs> not even close. He bought me a solid bunny, this chocolate. big chocolate, chocolate bunny, and he proposed. Solid <laughs> chocolate. Who could resist that? One night we come home and he said, "You know, I decided I love you." Oh, uh, that was romantic. So I said to him, well, "I'm not sure I like you." <laughs> I found myself on one knee, and I remember those voices going off in my head. I thought you were gonna wait until you were thirty. What are you doing? What are you saying? I mean, in the voice, my is saying, "Will you consider marrying me?" And what did you say? I said yes. How do you make a marriage last fifty plus years? We never, ever in sixty-one years have gone to bed mad. I'm not saying we never had fights or that I didn't get out of bed and leave the bed. And uh, but I, I'd go out into the living room couch, and next thing I'd know, he'd be on the floor next to me, and I we'd look at each other and say, "Well, this is ridiculous." I found out if you say yes, dear, you're right. I always say that. I know he's wrong, but eventually. Eventually, I'm... I apologize. Yeah. I still see him as the most sexiest, gorgeous man there is. Is she delusional or what? Romance takes a different form. I think it gets better with age. If you fall, I'll always pick you up after I stop laughing. You know, everything worked out. 61 years. You know, something you all the couples had in common was they all had a great... Well, that's, uh, that's a goal for Julie and I, to end up on that program after 60-some years of marriage, right? Anyways, I, th- I think if we are realistic, that's a desire that we all have, to be able to meet someone, fall in love, get married, spend the rest of our lives with them, and end up happily ever after. Of course, there's always drama, but I think that's a good thing that God has put in our hearts So this is a goal and a desire for everyone to, like I said, live live a life together and in love for the rest of your life, to grow old together. Uh, I was speaking to Ben and Judy yesterday. We were talking about uh, Wayne and Karen Horton and the passing of Karen. And I asked Ben how many years him and Judy have been married, and they've been married for 57 years. So Ben and Judy, if you're watching, they uh, had their wedding anniversary on January the 18th. I know that Mike and Gloria Macias, they've been married for over 50 years for sure. So Mike and Gloria Macias, if you're watching, uh, we appreciate your example, your mentorship. Uh, Raul, uh, guy out of the way, are you here this morning, Raul? How many years you and Ann been married, Raul? Somebody do the math, huh? 68? 52 years, congratulations. I have on here... Uh, let me see, Robert and Evelyn, how many years you guys got? 63. 63. Very good. All right. So, man, we ought to put you on the t- Today Show. What do you think about that? Okay. Anybody else here that's been married for more than 50 years? Anybody else married for 50 years? Okay, I think. And how many years? 61 years. Very good. All right. So, I mean, that's, that's a beautiful thing. That's a really beautiful thing. 
Uh, now, under their birth, they're saying, that's what you think, Pastor Jerry. But uh, I think it's a really beautiful thing. Now, uh, I began this morning by wishing everyone a happy Valentine's Day. But if you are single or in a marriage relationship that is loveless or contentious, then the reality is that it is not a good Valentine's Day because you feel alone. And today is an awkward an uncomfortable day. As a matter of fact, I know certain single individuals that purposely did not come to church today because they did not want to hear a message about love and romance and dating and all this stuff because you know what? It's very painful if you're single and you don't have someone in your life. This is a painful subject to deal with on Valentine's Day. You guys listening to what I'm saying? Okay? It's not a, it's not a comfortable thing. It's a very awkward day. It's a very uncomfortable day for those uh, that are struggling in this area of their life. It is awkward because if you are a guy and you have no one to give candy to, everybody say, ah. Or you're a girl and uh, nobody's, nobody's giving you an invitation to dinner or you're not getting any flowers or the guy, you can't give any flowers to anyone. I mean, these are very difficult things. And at work, you guys that are single here, the other guys talking about that, the special plans that they have with their girlfriend or their wife and you girls that are single see other girls receiving flowers and cards and you don't for those of you that are married uh you ladies uh barbara streisand sings that song you don't bring me flowers anymore i mean these things just kind of break your heart sometimes and uh for those of you that are, are married you guys uh when you do something special uh for your wife uh, bring her some flowers, or you bring her some candy, and she responds awkwardly, or she responds coldly, or even silently. So Valentine's Day is great for those that are in healthy relationships, but it is definitely awkward for those who are not. And today, I thought it would be good for me to focus on those that are not having a good Valentine's Day. For those of you that are, praise God, we celebrate with you. It's a gift, it's a blessing, and it's something to celebrate. But there are many people, sadly, today that are not. It's a very difficult and challenging day. Now, in terms of our Christian faith, I know that for those of us who are Christians, I can confidently, I can say confidently that we love God. If you are a Christian, you're born again, and you're saved, and you're on your way to heaven, and you're thankful for all that God has done for you, and can I say that you, with full confidence, love the Lord, and if that's true, can you shout, hallelujah. Okay, so I know that for those of us who are Christians, man, we are bold to say and declare that we love God. On this Valentine's Day, we can spiritualize everything. I can talk about how important it is that we love God no matter what. So there's no doubt in my mind that we as Christians love God and are committed to God. And I hope and pray that you know that God loves you. Church, do you know that God loves you? I mean, he really does love you. He loves all of us. 
And I hope and I pray that we understand that God loves us. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no man than this, that he, than to lay down one's life for his friends. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. Genesis chapter 24 gives us the love story of Isaac and Rebecca, one of my favorite love stories of the Bible. I like it so much because it's a perfect example of how Isaac and Rebecca, they, they had never met each other. They had never seen each other. And the first time they saw each other, it was love at first sight. It was awesome. It was such a, it's a, such a beautiful story. We have the Song of Solomon and Ezekiel chapter 16 that speak to us about the erotic and the passion and the ecstasy of of love. Oh yes, the fulfillment of physical desires, physical fantasies, physical pleasures, physical imp- in- intimacy with the one that you love. Whether we want to admit it or not, we as people think about this stuff all the time, all day long, always thinking about love and intimacy and, and companionship, especially those of you that are single and, and looking and searching, those of you that are hurting in your relationships with your spouse, always thinking about love and connecting with other people. And on this Valentine's Day, I can speak on all of these topics, and I hope and pray that you know that you are God's Valentine's Valentine every single day. Did you hear what I just said, church? You are God's Valentine every single day. Think of all that God does for us every single day. He kisses us good morning when we wake up. He kisses us good night before we go to bed. He proves himself faithful even when we are not. God is love. God pours out his love even when we don't love him back. On this Valentine's Day, I hope and pray that you know that God loves you with an amazing and indescribable love. I hope you know that we are God's eternal Valentine. Yes, I can dedicate this day to just those subjects. God's love for us, our love for God. But I thought it would be better for us to be a little bit more practical and a little bit more real. In our text for today, God tells us directly that it is not good for man to be alone. Now, I know it's not a nice thing to say, but if you're alone, you're in a difficult place. And even God says, that's not a good place. It's a hard place. Because we're Christians and we love the Lord, of course, we put up with whatever we got to put up with. We deal with whatever we got to deal with. We go through life as best as we can, even though we feel alone. It's a sacrifice that we make because of our love and commitment and dedication to Jesus. But it's hard. It's hard. So if you're single and unhappy or hurting right now and don't like it, then I want to let you know that you are normal. If you are married and missing intimacy in your marriage and you don't like it, then you are normal. God wired us in such a way that we are not supposed to be happy existing by ourselves. Did everyone hear what I just said? We are not supposed to be happy existing by ourselves. We are wired for healthy companionship. There's two things about how we as people are wired. Number one, we're wired in a way where we naturally desire to seek after a relationship with our creator, God Almighty. It's just in us. There's something in us. That's why we have so many religions of the world. We have all these different faiths and and belief systems because it's people struggling 
crying out and, 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 and in desperation, trying to connect with God in their own way. How many of you thank God that you know the way, the truth, and the life, and his name is Jesus? Can you say amen? But there's so many millions of people out there that are not connected to God, and they're struggling and sincerely striving to have a sincere relationship with God. They just haven't connected with him yet. The other thing that we're wired for is to seek and connect intimately with someone else, with another person, to share life with someone. So today, knowing that we love God and knowing that God loves us, let's focus on those who have not yet found that special someone in their lives. I want you to know that you're not forgotten and you're not invisible and that God sees the pain. If you're single and desiring a relationship with someone and can't seem to connect with someone, you are not alone in this struggle. Studies show that more than more single adults are having a hard time finding or discovering or connecting with a romantic partner. Can you po- uh, put that first uh, Washington Post uh, headline? I'm going to go ahead and read this. This is just a, a, a headline from the Washington Post on relationships. Let me just read this to you, okay, to let you know that you're not alone in this struggle. The title of this article is, It's Not Just You. New data shows more than half of young people in America don't have a romantic partner. And uh, this is something that was written on March 21, 2019. Austin Spivy, a 24-year-old woman, she's only 24, a young lady, in Washington, has been looking for a relationship for years. She's been on several dating apps, OkCupid, Coffee Meets, Bagel, Hinge, Tinder, Bumble. She's on a volleyball team where she has a chance to meet people with similar interests in a casual setting. She's even let the Washington Post set her up. I'm a very optimistic dater, Spivy says, adding that she's always energetic to keep trying, but it can get a little frustrating, she adds. When she's talking to someone on a dating app and they disappear mid-conversation, she's vanished too, she admits. Spivy has a lot of company in her frustration and in her singledom. Just over half of Americans between the ages of 18 and 34, 51% of them said they do not have a steady romantic partner. According to data from the General Social Survey released this week, that 2018 figure is up significantly from 33% to 2004. In 2004, the lowest figure since the question first was asked in 1986 and up slightly from 45% in 2016. The shift has helped drive singledom to a record high among overall public, among whom 35% say they have no steady partner, but only up slightly from 33% to 2016 and 2014. And there's a graph, I believe, okay? And I just want to show it really quickly, just in case you want to review this. Is a graph able to show on there, Nicolette? Okay. Anyways, I just wanted to post that just in case you wanted to go back and read this a little bit more slowly. All right, it shows a graph uh, on that article of the different ages and the difficulties that they have. Let me read another article. Are you able to get that up or should I just move on? Okay, let's go with the next article, okay? This is the title of the next article. Some people never find the love of their lives and live to tell about it. One of the greatest fears that 
young people have that are seeking romance or relationships is the fear of growing old alone. They're young, but they really do have that fear or that paranoia of growing old alone. Let me read this article here, okay? It says, I first met Aviva Kempner at a wedding I was covering. She introduced herself and said she reads the love stories religiously, analyzing each pair's saga with friends. I'm the biggest romantic in the world, she says, over a lunch of friend Tofu and... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me read that again. I'm the biggest romantic in the world, she says, over a lunch of fried tofu and broccoli. She grew up watching romantic movies with her mother every Sunday and woke at 5 a.m. to see last year's royal wedding, but she never married. Okay, this was written in 2012. So I'm assuming the royal wedding was in 2011. Okay. She is 65 years old. Now, the other young lady, her name was Austin. She was 24 years old. This lady is 65 years old, okay? Uh, She is a 65-year-old documentary filmmaker who lives in a northwest Washington house filled with colorful ceramic tiles and her mother's abstract paintings. She has thick black hair, full eyebrows, and a way of bringing everyone she meets into her circle. There were long relationships Two years, seven years, but each ended short of the altar. Two of the men went on to marry the next woman they were with. So Kempner jokes that she whips them into shape. She wanted children, and for a while she thought seriously about having one on her own. Then she got wrapped up with a documentary, and, well, it just didn't happen. Kempner regrets it, but says her films are her babies, and she is extraordinarily close to her three nieces who pushed her constantly to try online dating. Delaney Kempner, a 21-year-old senior at the University of Michigan, says her aunt has shaped the way she thinks about single life. It's not something to be dreaded, she says, but she still hopes Kempner will find a great guy. She doesn't need someone to make her happy, but it would make me so happy to know that this one last part of her life would be fulfilled. Online dating seems like too much gamesmanship, but Kempner is always on the lookout. Her dream now is to meet a nice single grandfather. That way, she could become a grandma at least. Sometimes the people she introduces promise to set her up in return. But she says, the line I always get is, oh, it has to be someone very special, which of course is what I want to hear, but you know, it usually doesn't happen. At the end of our lunch, I asked Kempner if solo life is as bad as society would have us believe. After a beat, she says, I think if I found true love now, it would be the icing on the cake, but the cake is still pretty good. Let me read this other article, okay? This guy's name is James Jeffrey. James Jeffrey watched his parents divorce when he was nine, but it didn't scare him off marriage. It made him think that most people don't know how to work at it, and he was sure that he would. A couple of buddies married right after high school. A few more got hitched in college. His younger brother married his first love and quickly had four children. Jeffrey moved from Michigan to Washington and got a job on Capitol Hill. The ratio of men to women was in his favor there, and Jeffrey dated a lot. But it often seemed that the women he was attracted to weren't interested in him, and those he did, and those who did express interest weren't his 
type. Let me read that again because this is the common problem for so many people. It says, but it often seemed that the woman he was attracted to, the women he was attracted to weren't interested in him, and those who did express interest weren't his type. So listen, if you have connected with someone in your life and they actually like you and they actually enjoy you and they actually have fallen in love with you, you need to thank God every day that somebody actually loves you, okay? Because it is so hard to find that one person that will actually be able to connect with you, your unique you. It continues and it says, he wanted someone smart but not overbearing, a woman with a sense of humor who could put up with his quirks. But he found he couldn't put up with theirs. As I've gotten older, my waist has gotten wider, my hair has gotten thinner, and my tolerance has gone down, says Jeffrey, now 48. In the master bedroom of his Falls Church apartment hangs a world map with 38 pushpins. At least he's gotten around and he's visited 38 countries, each representing a country Jeffrey has visited. He keeps the place perfectly neat with a floral couch, a leather recliner, and an end table lined up with remote controls. With the exception of a college girlfriend, no relationship lasted more than a few months. Dates often felt like job interviews, but he continued to accept offers of setups certain his turn would come. But four years ago, he realized it might not. And more importantly, he wasn't sure he wanted it to. I decided, no, it's not right for me, he says. There are a lot of nice girls out there, but I'm not the right guy for them. It became clear to Jeffrey that he liked his life as it was. The only unpleasant part was when he was questing for what it wasn't. He had friends and travels along and long summers at the pool, he, and he had peace. Day to day is probably when I most know that I want to be single, says Jeffrey, who works in public affairs. You deal with so much stuff at work. By the time I leave work, I don't want to deal with people anymore. He thinks that it is perhaps easier for him than it would be for a woman. Confirmed bachelor, after all, has a more positive connotation than old maid. But there are moments of sadness. Sometimes he'll pass a father with children on the street and think, I would have been a good dad. So he spends time with his godchildren, has long conversations with friends, and savors the familiarity of an Italian restaurant in Alexandria where they have a table waiting for him every Friday night. Now, I don't know about you, but I just cannot help feeling bad for Jeffrey, who every Friday night goes to that Italian restaurant, and I just imagine him sitting there by himself eating that dinner. And I can understand why God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Are you guys listening to what I'm saying here? Can you say amen, church? I mean, this is a very painful thing, a very hurtful thing, a very uh, uh, awkward subject to even discuss on Valentine's Day, but yet I believe that we have to draw attention to it. Why? We need to pray. We need to pray for our single brothers and our single sisters and those that are perhaps in marriages that are struggling right now. The struggle to find that individual that you will end up with spending the rest of your life with has even made a woman the first female billionaire. I don't know if any of you recently heard of Whitney Wolf Heard from Bumble, the Bumble dating app. Let's go ahead and watch this clip really quickly, okay? All right.
Dating app Bumble saw its shares soar in its Thursday IPO, making 31-year-old CEO and co-founder Whitney Wolf Hurd the world's youngest self-made women billionaire. Her 11.6% stake in the company was worth $1.5 billion at the end of trading Thursday. And to top it off, Wolf Hurd is also the youngest female CEO ever to take a company public in the U.S. Shares of the stock opened at $76 much higher than its initial IPO price of $43 per share. As a result of the public offering, the Austin-based company raised $2.2 billion. Most of the funds raised in the offering will be used to purchase or redeem shares from its pre-IPO owners, namely private equity firm Blackstone, which owned nearly 91% before the offering, and Wolf Herd. Bumble is the second biggest dating app to go public ever after Match Group's 2015 IPO. Bumble reported $417 million in revenue in the first nine months of 2020, up from $363 million over the same time frame in 2019. At $76 a share early Thursday afternoon, Bumble's market cap was $8.6 billion. Very good. So, those of you that are single and looking for love, you have made this woman a billionaire. I want you to know that. Okay? So, how many of you would agree that this is a very serious situation that we have not only in our nation but in the world of people searching for love how many of you would agree that there's a lot of hurting people out there can you say amen a lot of hurting people we don't like to talk about it we don't really bring it up but it's something that we have to be concerned about and we need to talk about from time to time and at least pray about another thing that is not talked about on valentine's day or uh raised up in church or rarely talked about in church is the pain of those marriages that are loveless in their relationship. Now, again, if you are here and you are happily married and both of you, both you and your spouse have found a rhythm in terms of your intimacy, then we celebrate that with you. You need to be thankful for you. It is a happy Valentine's Day. Can we celebrate that together? Amen. If you have that going on, praise God. That's a good thing. Don't feel bad. Don't feel guilty. But we definitely need to pray for those that don't. Because it's not an easy thing to be married and yet have no intimacy in that marriage. Sadly, there are a number of married couples that are hurting and very lonely. Listen to what it says here really quickly. Let me just read to you here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 32 to 34, it says this. But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. So if you're here and you are a Christian man, a Christian woman, God is encouraging you in the state of singleness to put your full attention on serving Jesus. Do the best that you can to serve the Lord. Okay? Verse 33. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. Verse 34. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And we don't have a lot of time to get into marital relationships and, and, and the dynamics of marriage and all the problems that ra are raised in marriages and why they go bad. And uh, that's a whole nother series and a whole seminar of subjects and, and titles and different things that we need to go through. But here's the bottom line. It's so sad and it's very difficult when a marriage deteriorates to the point where 
the husband is no longer desiring to please the wife or when the wife is no longer desiring to please the husband. In other words, they have both given up trying to please one another. And that's when we get into trouble with our marriages. Are you guys listening to what I'm saying? And sadly, we do have many marriages, not only in the United States, but around the world that are struggling. I was going to show you some clips of a video from a, a doctor that is a marriage expert in all these things. And, and, uh, but, but the title was a little uh, overwhelming, a little over the top in terms of, um, how can I say, it was too graphic, okay? So let me just give you some stats about marriages. 50% of married couples are satisfied with their times of intimacy, and 50% are dissatisfied with their times of intimacy. On average, people are already having sex 10 years before marriage, and this leads to complications once someone actually gets married. So even secular marriage therapists, professional marriage therapists agree that premarital sex is definitely a factor when it comes to healthy intimacy and marriage. This is a warning. Premarital sex will mess things up in your marriage, so you have to be careful. Is everyone listening to what I'm saying? Okay? We have to uh, listen to what the Bible teaches. And these are from secular doctors that are mentioning this. For the first 10 years of marriage, the majority of couples are intimate once a week or an average of 58 times a year. And after that, After the first 10 years, on average, the times of intimacy decrease because of breakdowns in the relationship. 20% of marriages are intimate less than 10 times per year, which defines that marriage as a sexless marriage. And and in many marriages, there is no intimacy at all at times for years. And sadly, because of this, the pain builds up, the hurt builds up, the loneliness builds up, the anger builds up, and it causes a lot of of problems in that relationship. But you know what? Everybody just, we just stay really quiet. We don't talk about it. We just stay in our pain and our suffering. And God says, that's not good. It's not good for you and I to live like that. Are you guys listening to me on this Valentine's Day where we're supposed to be talking about all these beautiful, romantic things that sometimes and sadly for many people are not a reality okay but if you're if you're married in the in the area of ministry in in the area of intimacy you are struggling and hurting and lonely then it definitely is not a happy mother uh, uh, valentine's day for you now if you're satisfied in your marriage and you have established a rhythm in your marriage relationship and you're satisfied and you're and you're pleased then praise god for that again we celebrate that that's what this day is all about you need to go out there and do your thing but we have to be aware and conscious of the fact that there are people hurting out there that are struggling so i believe that we can all agree that in this service that for those who are single or married and hurting this is definitely something that God has to intervene on. Can you say amen, church? This is something that only the Lord can help us with. And thank God we can go to the Lord because we are Christians, but there are also resources available to you. Now, if you don't feel comfortable going to Pastor Jerry or Pastor Julie with these kinds of issues, I want to encourage you. You know, we have, uh, how many of you have heard of Focus on the Family? Okay? All you have to do is go on the Internet 
and get on and connect to Focus on the Family, and you can get some excellent Christian counseling if you're single or excellent Christian counseling if your marriage is struggling and hurting and having problems. I listen to a program uh, every day called New Life Live by Steve Atterburn. Those of you that listen to KKLA, I'm sure that you've heard this program before. And they always have people that come on there that share their marriage issues and their marriage struggles. And you know what? They, they make themselves available. If you need help, you can call them and set up an appointment with them. They will hook you up with a counselor, a professional marriage counselor or therapist or relationship therapist that's nearby wherever you live so that you can get the help that you need. And we thank God we have Mal and Bessie Wilson in our church. They teach the committed couples class. I believe they have close to 50 years of marriage. They're almost there at 50 years. Maybe they're already there. I can't remember. Okay, but they also teach the committed couples class. They are an excellent resource for those of you that are struggling. Now, for those of you that are hurting because on this Valentine's Day, you are feeling lonely and a lack of of support and companionship and love with someone else, I want to let you know it's okay. It's okay. It's absolutely normal because the Lord tells us in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Being alone, feeling alone is not good. It is not a good feeling. We definitely need to go to Jesus to give us the strength that we need and mainly to provide us with the comfort that we need through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to get us through the hurt and the pain that comes with loneliness. This is definitely a God thing. Only God can help you to deal with these types of, types of intimacy issues in your personal life. There's one scripture that I want to go to in the book of Hebrews chapter 4. I want to conclude with this. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, it says this. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses. Listen, Jesus Christ understands what you're going through. He can actually personally relate to what you're going through. The hurt, the pain, the anger, the frustration that comes with these kind of issues. He says, the high priest, this high priest of ours, understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do. Yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, there, will, there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. My question to you who are Christians here today is this. If you are a Christian, and you are single, and you're struggling, and you're hurting, do you love Jesus enough to stay faithful to him? That's the question. If you are married here this morning, and you are a Christian, and you're struggling in your marriage, or you have a marriage that lacks intimacy or love or companionship or or that support, do you love Jesus enough to stay faithful to Jesus even though you yourself are hurting and struggling within your own heart? That's a question that we have to ask ourselves as we conclude this service here this morning. Jesus is here to help us, church, through the power of of the Holy Spirit. And he's the only one that can during these times of difficulty and challenge in our life.
Let's go ahead and pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, God, for those that are hurting. We celebrate, Lord, with those that are enjoying a relationship with someone in their life. They've fallen in love. Maybe they're dating. And it's a beautiful season of their life. And it's a beautiful time of their life. And we celebrate that. And it's a good thing. And, and it's a happy thing. And for those marriages that are doing well, that are healthy, Lord God, and, and that are encouraging one another and loving each other, and they, they have found a rhythm, Lord God, of intimacy with each other. We celebrate that. And we are, we're thankful for that, Lord. And we rejoice seeing these couples, Lord God, on this interview that have been married for over 50 years, Lord God, and they were still in love with each other. They were still friends with each other. Lord, that should be the goal of each and every one of us, Lord God. But we know that the reality is that there are a lot of people hurting. And I want to dedicate this service to simply praying for those that are struggling right now. Those who are single, and feel so alone and hurt and abandoned and isolated, longing and desiring to love and having no one. Lord God, I pray for those that are married, married and yet there's no intimacy, there's no passion, there's no love. Lord God, there's no effort from either one to please the other as the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 they've given up trying to please the other person in their life and Lord we pray right now that you would bring healing to those relationships healing to those marriages it's not your desire that they self-destruct or that they end up in divorce or that they end up Lord God isolated and unhappy and hurting. Lord Jesus, we pray that you will help them to get the help and the support and seek the resources that they need to get the help that they need if they're hurting. For those that are single, Lord, I pray that you will help them to keep their eyes on you as they continue to wait for you, Lord God, to set the stage for that special person to come into their lives. And in the meantime, help us all to stay faithful to you to show our commitment and our love to you, even when we ourselves are hurting or discouraged or frustrated or angry or unhappy. Help us, Lord God, to keep our commitment and our faith and our love towards you intact. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. As usual, if any of you need any personal ministry, please feel free to come up to the altar right now and we will pray with you. And again, if any of you are seeking resources for help, please don't be afraid to reach out and get that help for yourself. Okay? God bless all of you. You're all dismissed. Praise God.